We are not heroes, nor are we villains. Neither kings nor magicians, but we can tell you their stories. We are the Lore Keepers, and we welcome you to Halloween. Welcome to Halume. You are listening to Lore Keepers, a lore building podcast where we talk about eons of history, heroes and villains, and the legends they leave behind. I'm Frank. And I'm Carter. And whether you're interested in stories, looking for inspiration in your own world building, or perhaps you want a piece of the action, we've got something for you. So this week, uh, we're doing something slightly different. Uh, Carter and I are both on shorter time spans than we usually get. So, <laughs> and I'm not going to be available to uh, record an episode next week. So we're doing uh, we're doing two episodes in the, in the time that we'd normally do one. We're doing some uh, Lore Keepers Jr. So... Carter, instead of asking you how you're doing, and I don't think you really care how I'm doing, why don't we just jump into the meat of uh, what we're talking about this week? Yes, Lord Keepers Jr. demands immediate action. Yes, it is the uh, instant gratification generation. You know, truly the the millennials, you know. This is this is the smartphone generation of, uh, of Lord Keepers. Very good. Yeah, so um, this... <laughs> <laughs> This week we thought uh, we we had a couple of smaller ones that we thought would be kind of fun to do, but maybe not our full episodes. And one of the ones that we've we talked about forever ago, and we haven't really revisited Orconus for like some forty odd episodes now. Not really. It's, uh, there is a, uh, a an, an entity known as the Church of Storms, a group known as the Church of Storms, and uh, they exist within Orconus. Should we start with doing like a little bit of background, a little bit of a reminder on what Orconus is? And because I don't think we ever really got into the specifics of what that idea was when we were when we were doing the the, the Orconus episode. Yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. OK, so, yeah, so uh, way back, this was uh, what I think this is around this time last year, I think. I believe it was the summer. Yes. Episode. 13. Wow. Yeah, back in episode 13, we introduced the idea of Orconus, and um, Orconus is sort of the Halumian twist on what you might see in 5e, uh, D- Dungeons & Dragons 5e, 5th edition, um, or potentially, like, just in general, the Forgotten Realms. There's a place known as, um, well, there's two places. There's one known as the Feywild, and there's one known as the Shadowfell, and they're supposed to be sort of positive and negative reflections of reality. So we kind of took a twist on that, and we decided to create places where uh, they, they are they are similarly representing. However, there there's a couple of uh, significant things. For instance, one is that in Orconus, um, there's no sun in the sky. Uh, it is uh, it is a negative reflection, um, but there it is eternally dark and always night. And way back then, we had this idea of um, an entity, or I should probably stop calling it that. It's that that suggests that it's like a person or a being, a, a group uh, is called the Church of Storms. 
Um, and basically what they were is they were people who, because of the fact that there was no light in the sky, but storms still happened, like uh, rain and, and, uh, and uh, you know, lightning and thunder and stuff. Whenever lightning struck, it was, it was seen as this otherworldly thing because for these people, firewood is as much a, a resource to be consumed as food is. They ha- in order to, to have any sort of settlement of any size, they basically, the, the, the residents, the humanoid residents of this, these places have to um, constantly be fueling giant bonfires at the center of town and then like have lights all over the town that are eternally burning because of, there are monsters, things that lurk in the darkness, um, and they fear the light. So anytime that lightning and, and like uh, specifically like thunderstorms came around, it was seen as like a blessing. And uh, so, yeah, like we I, I always thought this was kind of would be an interesting thing to sort of dig into a little bit. Maybe look at the structure of it or like maybe is there any truth to, uh, you know, behind it? Are there any gods that are within Orconus? So, Carter, where do you where do you think we should start with this? I think we should start with. Uh, who the church is. We've already talked a little bit about why they worship lightning, but like, what does their worship look like? Yeah. Yeah, I can totally see like an opportunity for, I don't know, what, yeah, like a sacrifice or some sort of altar where it becomes like lightning rods or a lot of the, you know, it's seen as like a blessing if you can kind of capture the lightning or, you know, if it strikes your building. So I could see that people who, would follow it, would maybe create like all these conductors and things that would stick up on steeples or on, you know, governmental buildings or whoever seeks to like curry the favor of the the god of lightning. I really like this idea that um, for executions, like state executions, uh, they don't hang people. What they do is they stick them to a giant lightning rod in the middle of town. Oh, that's horrible. Whenever there's a storm. No, that's great. I mean, especially because you can think of like people waiting and like in the real world, I'm not a fan of uh, capital punishment, but in this is fantasy. And I think it'd be really, really interesting to have like a situation where you're basically like waiting for people to. Oh, and you know what? It's like a form of judgment, too, because not everybody dies when they get struck by lightning. Right. So you get like a giant conductor sticking down in the center of town or whatever. And when a storm comes, everybody knows to like. If well, if they want to watch, you know, to see basically, you know, what the favor of the lightning will be, you know, of the storm will be. And and then like, you know, they get stuck in this cage that is just surrounded by like metal bars or whatever. And then they get electrocuted that way. Yep. Not all of them die. And if they survive, they're considered to be, you know, blessed by the Lord of Lightning and you know, f- yeah. f- cleansed of their sin. Yeah, if the storm passes over them once, maybe it's because the storm forgot them or didn't notice them. So then the second time around, they're like, you know, really, you know, pushed front and center and they'll like people cry out to the storm and stuff like that. And then like if the storm passes by a second time, it is like an intentional thing. You know, the storm has seen them and and judged them well. Man, that'd be so fucked up. (laughs) Just like completely random arbitration of just like, yeah, you were like a, you know, you murdered like a dozen people, but the storm says you're okay, so you're okay. Yeah, the storm holds you for a greater purpose. Mm-hmm. Ooh, there's people who could be like lightning blessed, like the clergy. Uh, it is, it is. Harry Potter like, would be what, very like, popular here. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. Um, you, you, well, yeah, I mean, it kind of in that way, like where I was just picturing something where a situation where you have to, in order to ascend to certain ranks, like maybe you voluntarily put yourself in the harm's way of the lightning. You hold a golf club up. Yeah. Maybe there's ways where they can isolate it to just like burn off a limb or like, you know, cause scarring across one part of the body, but not all of it. I don't know. That probably doesn't work at all. Maybe you like because I mean you know if it hits yeah. the body it's gonna hit the whole body. Yeah. But maybe maybe what it is is it's like the person who leads the church is somebody who has survived lightning blasts or something. Maybe they've they got like a full rubber gimp suit that they like wear, and they climb up the the pole. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so question now, like switching switching tracks here for a second. Do you think that it's actually? Do do you think that that's a real, there's actually a god in Orconus? Or an entity that is a part of these storms? Um, I'll say this. I think it's really tantalizing to have an actual god in Orconus. I don't love the idea that it's actually the storm. Yeah, I don't think it's the storm itself. Yeah. I want to say, I want to either, like, blame racial tide pools for this. (laughs) Or... Have them worshiping some like terrible entity. Well, and that's the thing is, is I mean, especially if we're trying to, we can evoke with Orconus a certain sense of a godless place. You know, it's like the forsaken part of the uh, the inner realms. You know, whereas there is the Alluvium, which oh is gosh, sort of overblessed. Right. Um, oh, you got you got something? Did you ever consider there might be a, a, a mute in Orconus? Oh my god! Like a forgotten mute. Well, maybe not a forgotten mute, but... What if they're, like, an unseen mute? Like, they're disconnected from all the rest of it. They were... It, even the angels have forgotten. Somehow they, like, were disconnected from, you know, everything when Owen silenced all of the mutes. Maybe they got sent there. Maybe, or do you yeah, think, maybe. Do you think that the gods know about them, too? I feel like Orconus is such a terrible place where it's like, look, just like, we don't go there. No one goes there. <laughs> How about I here here here's maybe something. The oh what do we call them? The Watchers. Yes. Which, man, if you know what the reference to that is, like, you know, more credit to you. Yes, we are ripping off the Nightland, William Hope Hodgson. I mean, I should say I am. Yeah, I mean, straight I up, it's just a good idea. Yeah. Well, mm, describing yeah. reading the Nightland as a pleasure is a bit of a stretch. I don't know. I could probably give you excerpts to check out. Uh, okay. You know, some stuff early on in the book when he's doing some of the world building. But God, that book is hard to read. Ugh. But, but, what if it was a situation where I, oh, it's like the body of a dead mute or something like that. This like I, I like the idea type. that, you know how each, um, each of the mutes, air, like, locales represent a part of a body in a way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like to think that this is like the leper's skin. Yeah. Well, I, honestly, I was just thinking that of like, the thing is, is it's not just that the locales of each of the mutes, it's that each of the realms themselves are sort of like a, a cosmological organ, you know? So yes, Orconus would be a part of this. And yeah, like, like something that is like, uh, you know, gangrenous, uh, or yeah, you know, basically like it's dead skin that's like fallen off. It's necrotic. Yeah. I like that. And I was thinking, what if there was like a mute who's dead, who's th- uh, the dead god? You know, they had like died. Yeah. And but the thing is, is like, 
I don't know. You well, know Codus how is the land of undeath. Well, and that's the thing is, is like, you know how, which would fit, you know, like there's a yeah. sense of, you know, even the dead don't, you know, stay still here. Like it's, they're not in full mute power. You know, they can't just like run around and do the kind of shit that the other mutes would do, but it is still has nevertheless an in, immense impact on the landscape around them. Yeah. Do we want to say that there used to be an additional mute and now they were, and they were killed? I think so. I mean, I think, I don't know if it's known in history. I, I, I mean, we could say it just totally is. We just haven't talked about it yet, but like, I do like there being the idea of like, nobody's quite sure what this being is. Like there's many people who believe it's a, the eighth mute, but it is a being that when it was alive, it, it was immensely potentially or believed to be immensely more powerful than all the other mutes because its body is lame. Like, like if you dig down, you can find its flesh. If you dig down deep enough. I like it. Let's do it. Yeah. Also, because isn't that a thing where, uh, what do we call them? The gray folk? I feel like we came up with a better name for them. They're the grays, yeah. Yeah. So so we talked about the gray folk, which are basically like the inhabitants. They're people who, uh, for, I think, an as yet completely explained reason. We had, a, I think, a fairly good explanation for it back in our annals, but um, that was a long time ago. Basically, they were not able to leave Orconus um, like they were tied to it. Or maybe there's only a few that could. But I remember us. I think they when they leave, they like basically they have like coughing fits and they get ill and like they have to go back. Their their vitality is tied to Orconus. Yeah. Yes. Like they start to wither in things. Yeah. But uh, and I think it's also just incredibly hard to leave Orconus. It is. There's like two places. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I mean, the, the the number of civilizations are like, there's one large city in the entire land, which is about the same size as, uh, like, all of Sadar. Uh, narratively speaking, we'll say. And then there's, like, you know, maybe a few dozen other, inha- uh, like, known settlements that are all around the same places. Like, when people are doing planar travel, that's all that they've made contact with. Maybe there's stuff elsewhere in that, like in the world of Orconus, but it's so unexplored. And why would you want to? Unless I mean, you were straight we, up like a. We did talk about how there was a kingdom, or some sort of like kingdom of vampires and werewolves that was ruled over by that's, one of the. No, that's uh, true. Void wraiths. That's right. We did talk about that. I forgot about that. It is. I think I was just thinking uh, human uh, humanoid speaking, although they're, you know, they're humanoids, vampires. And yeah, I think whatnot. you're referring to knowing. Yes, th- that's true. Yes, because they are the knowing. That's what makes it even more horrible is like they can feel the pain of this place worse than any others because they actually have a soul. But what I was going to say is, is like, I think I don't remember if we decided this or if this is something we played with, but the idea of them kind of like, they don't necess- they aren't necessarily born they awaken yeah they climb out of the dirt yeah the like ash. yes climb out of the dirt or like from like weird cobweb like material or something it's like I, the orcs I, in um in the films oh sure i mean i can't help but feel like there's a connection there between that and like the body of a dead god that is like lain beneath the earth especially because dude the watchers then would become like the necrotic tumors that are like budding out of the ground like surviving weird bits of this of this mute entity yeah though we've already established what they were do you want to retcon that what did we establish that they were their renders and vitals oh shit that's right which is pretty good dude 
what if it's all connected? Like, what if... Yeah, they could have been renders and vitals that were corrupted by this dead. I mean, what if the mute, the eighth mute, was like the... The, the architect of the, the world? progenitor to the renders and vitals. What if they were like the offspring, like all the renders and vitals were the offspring of this entity? And this entity was corrupted or turned into a mute or became a mute of its own choosing and like own cast it down and cut it off and it became right. Arconis. Here we go. I'm claiming it. You ready? This was the architect of Sadar. They planned things out. Oh they, they, my God. they understand yes. Sadar more than anything, which is oh why the nameless one went to this person to figure out how to blow it up. Gaia was their soul. And like, so like literally own goes to them. They're the architect entity. There's this like almost companionship or maybe guy is not their soul, but there's some sort of companionship there. Own makes them to basically say, I want you to make a world for me and I will fill you with all of my knowledge of, of like formation and the firmament and the ground and everything. Geology. Oh my gosh, this is so cool. And then like they become corrupted or, you know, either because the nameless one seduces their, you know, their mind or something, but like the renders and vitals or, or maybe it, it like, it hasn't ceased to give offspring this entire time. But like in its death, those that were still like to be born became the watchers, which were supposed to be renders and vitals. Yep. Oh my gosh. Wow. Okay. Well, that's not really the church of storms of a holy shit. We just invented like two months worth of content right there. This is all in the small bite-sized package of Lord Keepers Jr. I know, right? Who said Lord Keepers Jr. couldn't was wasn't just as valuable? Nobody said that. That's it's, nobody. It's nobody. very dense. <laughs> it's incredibly dense. So let's get back to the Church of Storms so that we yeah sufficiently we got like become. five minutes left. What should we What should we say? Um. So okay, so let's yeah bring it all back. We got we got people who are like struck by lightning. I think that the storms are just storms, which I think makes it all the yes. worse because it's yes. truly just like paganistic in the least effective sense. You know, there's nothing you're re- re- reaching out to, nothing you're responding to. Although question, although does the mutual belief of all the uh, the the grave folk who choose to believe in this does it? bring some low level of of deification or, or because i mean that's kind of a rule you know within halome that's sort of the way things work is like if enough people believe in it faith is enough to make it an entity so i, I don't think, think it's good. sentient by any means but i yes. think it might still have motive i think there is some sort of like through this mutual belief and through the tide pools there's some sort of um Budding intelligence that is yet to be awakened. Yeah, this sort of nascence. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, I like that. Which, when it right awakens, may be just enough food for the dead mute to return to its undeath. Oh. Oh my gosh. I, I'm getting mad God Emperor vibes right now. Yep. Just sort of the other way around. Just slowly feeding off of the storms. Yeah, that makes so much, dude. This that's cool. Honestly, I'm yeah. I feel good capping it at that. Just I, I want to cap. I want to cap it at the prophecy of the Church of Storms. Oh, there's a prophecy. One day, now. one day there will come a time when the storm will never stop. It will keep rolling <gasps> over, and oh, that so and cool. and the sky will light up with lightning forever. It'll be like a Ragnarok situation where the lightning is like, will destroy the, the world. 
you know, it, it will bring judgment on, you know, the vampires and the necromancers and the human, like the, the gray folk alike. And that, you know, none will be free from its, from its judgment. And those that survive will rebuild the new world. Yes. And, but the sky will never be dark again. It will always be filled with lightning. Oh, I like that. Yes. Like, uh, but not as we think of like, you know, it's not daylight. It's just like eternal strikes of lightning happening every, like, just, just very, very frequently. Just yeah. And then there's the different kinds of lightning, right? There's anvil to anvil and there's like anvil to ground or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So basically there, there, the, the anvil to ground is going to be the stuff that kills everybody. But then like the sky will be forever lit by the anvil to anvil, which is lightning in the sky. Yeah, totally. Oh, this is yeah. awesome, dude. Um, should we, uh, I think we should call it. Yep. Boom. We hope you've enjoyed this exploration into the lands of Sadar and the realms beyond. If you like us, give us a five-star rating or better yet, tell others about us. Tell your crazy lightning fanatics, tell your undead god-like friends who are evil and weirdly into architecture. Yeah. Tell your, tell your ground tumors that are in your backyard. That's what I call, uh, molehills. Uh, also, go. thanks to Josh. Of course, thanks to Josh Silker, even in this short little guy, for their composition of Land of Heroes. Jo- Josh is not a short little guy. He's actually taller than me. But uh, the, that is Land of Hero- Heroes, the Lore Keeper's theme. And thanks to you all for listening. Until next time, don't forget, there are always more lightning tales to strike. Tell <laughs> goodbye. Bye. Bye. Lore Keepers Jr.